0: You're listening to Sports Content Strategy with Mr. Richard Clark.
1: We're talking about 60 seconds. Speedway should be made for the digital world, it should be made for Twitter retweets. And somehow it's just not reaching a wider audience. The types of car manufacturers who were sponsoring speedway clubs were sort of FSO cars, if you remember them from Eastern Europe, LADA. They were not getting Mercedes because, in a sense, it's a working class demographic. If you go to a speedway meeting, there are lots of old people and there's some young kids, but you tend not to see that many people in what I'd call sort of 20s, 30s. And that is, in direct comparison, to the one country where speedway is absolutely thriving, which is Poland. Hi there, welcome to Sports Content Strategy. My
0: name is Richard Clark. My guest this time is Roddy McDougall. He's a journalist and author. I've just written a book called No Breaks: A Lost Season in British Speedway. I've been wanting to speak to somebody in this sport for quite a time because in modern sports business parlance, people talk about a sport may die. A sport may die unless money comes in. A sport may die unless fans come back after COVID. A sport may die if there's no modern media strategy. Whatever it may be, they talk about a sport dying. Well, to the mind of many people, British Speedway has died or at least gone through a dying process because it was very big in the 70s. We're going to talk about a famous stat that said it was the second most popular spectator sport in the UK in that period of time, and it was very, very big post-war. But for various reasons we're going to discuss, it has gone through a period of intense decline, and it's barely visible these days. I think that's, that's fair to say. Obviously, in Europe, it's a different story. Roddy's book is out later this year. It's published by Pitch, as is mine, Last Wicket Stand, which is about county cricket. You can find that on Amazon or on my website, mrrichardclark.com. I'm on social at Mr. Richard Clark, pretty much on everything. E on the end of Clark, that's all you need to look for. Sports content strategy is also out there on all the major platforms. And if you need a consultant in content strategy, looking at social media, looking at your website, looking at digital, looking at CRM, looking at the way everything fits together, then please do give me a shout. Obviously, in a period of COVID, digital communications content, this is the way you're interacting with your fans. So it seems to me, It's a very important time for people in my area. Anyway, let's talk about Speedway. Did it die? Is it still dying? Is there hope? And let's discuss this sad story with hopefully some light at the end of the tunnel with this man.
1: My name is Roddy McDougall. I'm a journalist by trade. I worked in television news for a number of years up in Newcastle and then a little bit of BBC Sport, Breakfast Television, A little bit of on-screen, but largely news editing behind the scenes. I have a book out uh, in May this year for Pitch Publishing called No Breaks on Speedway. Um, I've been a big Speedway fan for getting on for 30-odd years. Um, And for me, it's it's almost Britain's left-behind sport. And uh, uh, I feel it just deserves a slightly wider um, exposure than perhaps it just gets within the Speedway world.
0: Thanks for speaking to me, Roddy. Yeah, I mean, you've you've covered the reason for this podcast in your first answer there, which is so many people talk, certainly in the, in, in the realm of digital sport and sports content strategy and sports business in general, that this sport might die, that sport might die. Well, the best example I've got of a sport that is seen to have died, even though it's not, it's, it's still got a pulse, is British Speedway. So could you just fill us in about how big it was and the comparison now and then we'll talk about how one got to the other.
1: Sure. Um, British Speedway I think has probably had two golden eras. The first was immediately after the Second World War when like a lot of other sports people weary of you know uh, of, of uh, deprivation of the Second World War. Um, were able to go out to sport. I think the statistic that illustrates how big British Club Speedway was, was Wembley, which was one of the the true names in British Speedway, attracted more than a million spectators in 1946. That heyday lasted into the 50s. It then sort of went through a bit of a slump in the late 50s into the early 60s, but then with a bit of league reorganisation picked up uh, in the 60s, through the 70s, Possibly uh, in part because of exposure on ITV Saturday afternoon programme, world of sport, uh, possibly because Britain or England, the name for the team has varied over the years uh, were probably the uh, best international team which obviously drew uh, viewers as well and people along to clubs, but certainly, I would say since probably the early 1980s it has been on a downward spiral certainly in terms of of attendance people that i spoke to for the book uh, would point me in the direction of the the wembley uh, world final the last one to be held at wembley in 1981 when 92 and a half thousand saw the american bruce Pennell win since then and i know that's 40 years ago since then it's it's sort of it's, it, it's been a different story for British Speedway.
0: Certainly my first experience was world of sport and, and just to say speedway, just to fill in anyone who doesn't know it's, um, it's bike racing. It's uh, is it four laps or three laps, four riders, uh, no brakes, which is, which is the title of your book as well, which is crucial. You only turn one way. It's very, very fast. It's very, uh, in terms of acceleration off, off the start, it's a, it's a magnificent spectacle. lots of shale flying around and things like that. Uh, have I got anything
1: wrong there with the description? No, uh, uh. Richard, you're absolutely right. And interestingly, um, you know, when I say to people, I know I live in London, obviously from Scotland originally, when I say to people uh, that i have been to Speedway and being in London, and we'll maybe talk about that later, I, I don't get to as many meetings as I used to, or indeed I want to. People kind of will, will, will probably sort of respond in one of two ways. First of all, they'll say, sorry, Speedway. They've sort of heard of it. It sort of rings a bell, but they're not quite sure what it is. Or secondly, it'll be the case for probably sort of people of, of of my generation. They'll say, oh, I used to go to Speedway. I used to go to Bellevue. I used to go to Birmingham. I used to go to Weymouth or wherever. Is it still running? Mm-hmm. And it's that sort of people I, I i think it's media presence it's sort of mainstream media presence really has decreased a lot particularly in the last 20 years i always say a good sort of barometer of of how a sport's doing is um do its world champions get invited onto a question of sport um and if you look back through the records there are uh, sort of the jason Crunks, the greg hancock's the last world champions whose names might resonate outside the speedway world. They were being invited on in sort of the uh, the late 1990s into the 2000s, but over the last 10, 12 years, hardly any.
0: Just for any overseas listeners, I get a lot of overseas listeners, really. So Question of Sport is one of the BBC's flagship, uh, shall we say, more light-hearted sports shows where sports uh, people can show their... Uh, personality. It's, a, it's basically a sports quiz show. So it, it was quite important because it was prime time. It was sort of 7.30, 8 o'clock midweek. And it was uh, the ability of, of, of athletes to show a different side of themselves. J- just get back to the origin story of Speedway. And this is maybe a personal question. But when I was a kid, I grew up in Essex. And my parents used to take me to High Beach to play uh, in the forest there, and there's some lovely rolling hills there, some green huts that sell tea and coffee and stuff like that. Very very famous place. And they always used to say to me, Speedway was invented behind that pub. Now, is that actually true, or is it, w- w- was it the English version of Speedway that was invented behind a pub in High Beach?
1: There are various, uh, possibly with other sports like baseball for example, there are various um, stories about who actually invented it but I think that the one that is given the most credence is that Speedway was introduced from Australia to indeed High Beach behind that pub uh, on a patch of ground which has now perhaps uh, prophetically been reclaimed by Woodland. Um, So Speedway will actually be will celebrate its centenary in some form in this country in 1928 so we're not too far away from that uh, from that milestone okay
0: so let's talk about those world of sport days because as i say that's what i was i was watching and i remember i could i could name peter collins i could name michael lee ivan major all these people that were racing i remember peter collins was bellevue i remember bellevue getting 25000 and it's a little bit like What happened to wrestling in the UK, which was also um, World of Sport, was, as you said, a a Saturday afternoon television show. It was the ITV's version because we only had three channels and BBC One had Grandstand. But ITV concentrated on a few specific sports that they got the rights for. And two of the main ones were Speedway and wrestling. And when that show went, its demise seemed to... Be accelerated by that because it's loss of visibility. Is that is that the single most important thing that happened to Speedway? Given that it, it had come back to reasonable prominence in the seventies,
1: I think that's I think that's a, a, a very major factor. I read an interview with uh, with Dave Lanning, uh, a vintage interview. Obviously, he's now he, he's now died, but it was an interview done I think seven or eight years ago, and he said that one of the reasons why Speedway effectively disappeared from World of Sport. And I think it was probably sort of reducing in coverage before World of Sport finally uh, stopped being broadcast was because the move in the 80s was to live sport. And what was happening on Saturdays traditionally was that World of Sport would show recorded highlights of test matches of internationals. Um, So I think that was certainly a factor. I think also the factor that um, Britain, England, um, probably went through a period of, of of being not as successful on the international arena um, the last time that a British or English team won uh, what is effectively the world championships the team world championships is thousand nine hundred and eighty nine it 's gone through various names which possibly doesn 't help in the in the global marketing of it um, but thirty two years now since since Britain or England won the world title. In, the, in, in, in that period, it's been Denmark, it's been Sweden, it's been Poland increasingly in the last couple of years. It's been Russia. So I think that took away quite a bit of the publicity that the sport got. Um, and I think one thing which is, is um, you know, anyone in the world of Speedway would 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 uh, would say, I think Speedway was was late to to get into live sport snooker and darts are two sports which people in speedway always point to and say oh they've done it why can't we snooker was obviously i think becoming a mass uh, market sport in the 1980s darts possibly a little bit a little bit later but they have both adapted to the new world as it were that's not to say that speedway hasn't had tv coverage sky was a very loyal and um uh, consistent broadcaster of british speedway from uh, probably 1997 uh for nearly 20 years um, then uh, in 2017 it passed on to bt sport uh bt sport have now given way to eurosport um eurosport was supposed to start this year sorry uh, 2020 um that has now been rolled over into 2021 for five years
0: Interesting that because I was listing out sports that of a similar stature in the seventies and eighties that 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 have gone through peaks and troughs, shall we say? And I was looking at county cricket, rugby league, darts, and snooker. The, those are the ones that I listed out, and I would say all of those are stronger than where Speedway is at the moment. But I'd argue the ones that are that have been the strongest of all of those are darts and snooker, as you pointed out. And they have had a single entrepreneurial person actually from the same family uh, or the same group of of, uh, the the same organizational group uh, running them. So Snooker's had Barry Hearn for a bit and then it dipped and then Barry Hearn came back and it's coming. Uh, Darts has had the PDC, which is out of matchroom as well. You could say the same thing with boxing potentially with Eddie Hearn. Um, County Cricket and Rugby League have suffered a little bit because they haven't had... The, that sort of single entrepreneurial person behind them, like, like F1 has had Bernie Eccleston, okay? And I would say, did Speedway, certainly in the ability to get back on TV, when it went off in the early 80s, whenever World of Sport went, did it lack that single entrepreneur to to get it together, to bring people together, to pull it up by its bootstraps, knock some heads together, some egos together, and get, for example, a TV deal done, which would have been very significant in terms of its PR and publicity.
1: Um, I, I, I think the sort of the fiercest critics of Speedway, and um, you know, having enjoyed the sport for a long time, and obviously being interested in other sports, I think Speedway fans, while they love their sport, they can be extremely critical of it. One of the things which, is brought up on Speedway forums, uh, in magazines is the fact that British Speedway is effectively not run by an entrepreneur, it's effectively run by the promoters themselves. So it's people who've got skin in the game, as it were, who effectively make the decisions. And unsurprisingly, I think the first thing that is on their mind is, how will this affect my track? How will this affect my club? Lots of people over the years, Ty Woffenden, British three-time world champion himself, has has um, uh, speculated about what would happen if someone like Barry Hearn actually got involved in Speedway. That person will not be Barry Hearn. Um, I heard a podcast with him earlier uh, last year when he said that he wouldn't get involved in, 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 in Speedway. Um, it wasn't for him. It didn't interest him. He doesn't like motorsports. But I think Speedway has suffered... From not having someone who, in a sense, is independent, who will speak across the sport rather than for individual tracks. That's not to say, of course, that, um, you know, an independent body uh, will necessarily... Prove the ideal solution to all ills that the sport is facing. I'm sure we could all point to examples where independent independent sports associations haven't necessarily sorted the problems. But I think you're absolutely right, Richard. It, it had uh, held speedway back in, in 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 many ways.
0: And did that lack of cohesion at the top or you know, dictatorship at the top, if you want, because dictators get things done, not always in the best way, but they do get things done. Um, did that lead to a, a lack of, lack of uh, a, a, a dislocation, I should say, because, because clubs were run by promoters, uh, not by a sort of, a, 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 there was no uh, communal spirit, perhaps that also it's led to clubs leaving their heartlands. You, you talked about London, the lack of teams in London and my club, which was well, my club, the club that I would have half an eye on would be Rye house uh, who have moved all over the place and been named all sorts of things over their period of time. And it, it's um, that bit presents presents problems when clubs are leaving their heartlands and going to the edge of industrial estates, for example. You know, so so just talk about that general dislocation that happened on the back of the pr- presumably the 70s and 80s uh, decline.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the dislocation. We we've, we've not touched on the fact that I think one of the real um, weaknesses of British speedway, and it, it's allied to the fact that it is it is a working class sport. It's probably closely allied to greyhounds in the sense that a lot of speedway tracks also. Um, host greyhound racing which again is another sport whose you know whose golden days are probably in the past. Um, I can think of only probably a handful, Scunthorpe, Lynn, where the promoters actually own their tracks. A lot of the time they're owned by stock car promoters or they're owned by greyhound operators or as has happened in London in the southeast um, Whoever has owned the stadium has decided that it is more advantageous, more financially beneficial to them to uh, demolish to sell their stadium for housing for a supermarket, which is why um, you know I'm here in North London and the closest speedway to me is Sitting Sittingbourne in Kent, which is not exactly somewhere where you know you decide at three o'clock in the afternoon when there's a meeting at seven o'clock. Oh, I'll just pop along and see see something. So I think. Speedway has really suffered by not having its own um, its own tracks, its own venues. Uh, a lot of the time they 're effectively tenants they 're at the whim of uh, whoever owns it. Um, the book that i've i 've written actually begins in, in September two thousand and nineteen when I was at Stokes' last meeting. Um, Stoke off and on has had speedway probably since uh, since before the war. Um, I think now the only speedway track in the northwest of England is at Bellevue in Manchester.
0: How many people were at that Stoke event? Presumably that was a fairly important thing if it was the last time they were racing. But how many people bothered to turn up to commemorate um, the event?
1: It was about eleven hundred.
0: Right. Okay. And it was and we um, were talking twenty five thousand in the in the seventies.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, the, the the promoter at at, at at Stoke, a lovely man called Dave Tatum, who's now involved in in Newcastle Speedway, was basically saying, I think that was that was far more than they would have had the week previously, and be, you know people had come out because it was the last the last meeting. You know, I mentioned at the start that Wembley in 1946, and I know we're going back a fair way to 1946, had more than a million spectators. Um, British Speedway, sadly, during a normal season COVID uh, apart, probably wouldn't get near that across all the tracks.
0: Just one point, you said your nearest track was in Sittingbourne in Kent. Well, I went to a track last year, I was trying to do some research for potentially this podcast. I've, I've been wanting to talk speed, speedway for a period of time. And I thought there's one in Hodderston because I, I found it and it looked like it was a, this is another point I want to make it. I think it was on in an industrial state. I thought it was where Rye House now were, but that was, um, it looked like a, 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 the kind of place I would take my car if it was going to be crushed to be honest. right, And it looked tatty and it looked not like a sporting arena, what I expect a sporting arena to be. And that kind of fits into one of the quotes from one of the pieces that you sent me that this is a 10 pound sport. And that means you get a certain level of uh, comfort and entertainment and facilities. And does that work these days? Does that work? Does a 10 pound sport work? these days given that you know i went to that hoddeston track and it's not a place i would want to take my family for a nice out
1: Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people who think that exact same thing, Richard. Um, just on Bry House, um, it was running up until the end of the 2019 season. Oh. Um, funnily enough, I was there just short of a year because they were a year ago because they were still holding training schools on on, on Saturday mornings. But the owner of uh, the of the site, and funnily enough, you've got the karting circuit next door to that, where I think Lewis Hamilton started his career really? um, oh, that's interesting. there is no yeah there is no more speedway at the moment going to be happening at rye house um, i think there's actually a planning permission uh, gone forward to turn the track into um, i think it's five a side football pitches which in a sense sums up where we are at speedway that someone thinks you can make more money from five a side football than, than than speedway there also is and i think it's important to point out there also is a an element of I don't want to say snobbery because that's slightly sort of pejorative, but I think there is an element that Speedway is a, is a noisy sport, a dirty sport. Um, and actually it has been over the years, you know, I'm an Edinburgh man originally, uh, certainly post-war Edinburgh Speedway was pretty much in the centre of, of, of the city just along from Princess Street, you rarely get speedway in the center of, of, of cities now, as you said it's on kind of industrial estates, but there is an impression that speedway is a noisy, dirty sport and i don't think people necessarily want that uh, near housing
0: yeah, I think that's right if you if your your one of your previous answers linked greyhounds and speedway and stock car racing well they're all in the same same bracket, and some people would treat them in a in a snobby fashion to use your your rightly labelled pejorative words, and, and that was another thing I was going to bring to you because I went to I went went to Wimbledon dog track <laughs> maybe six or seven years ago, and there were you know uh, greyhounds. I hadn't been to the. I don't go to the greyhounds very often. It was someone's leaving do. That's the kind of, of uh, occasion that would make me go to a dog track. It's not my car kind of thing, but there was. Boxes. there was dining there was uh, the accoutrements of sporting monetization and that's what sports do to gain more money and i would argue that is speedway given that it's got this working class shall we say reputation is it possible to monetize it in the same way because the interest isn't there um, and also because they haven't done it because of the tracks. And because, you know, if a, if, a, if a football club builds a new stadium, the first thing they're looking at is, OK, well, how big are the um, executive boxes going to be um, and the club level seats? Because that's what's going to earn us the money. So is, is Speedway kind of caught in the middle of that to a certain extent?
1: Um, it is to, uh, to, to a very large extent. I think um, the one... We don't want to be too negative I mean there are some some glimpses of, 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 of sort of shining light as it were. Um, Manchester uh, Council uh, certainly helped uh, in, in the, the last five years or so the, the, the National Speedway Stadium at Bellevue uh, was built and is uh, probably deservedly one of the best venues for Speedway. That has the ability for um, perhaps not Old Trafford luxury box levels of, 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 of service and comfort, but it has, it's certainly a step up, quite a few steps up from, say, Rye House uh, of old. Um, unfortunately, there is only one Bellevue Stadium, but I think it was interesting that, that you know, the council got involved, the council uh, provided grants for that to be, to be, to be built. Um, and it has had a big impact on, on, on keeping the sport in Manchester.
0: Was that linked to their general sporting development, which was started with the Commonwealth Games and obviously the Etihad Stadium and Manchester City have done an awful lot into that region? Was it part of that? Because they've got all sorts of things there. They've got um, cycling as well and, and other arenas there.
1: Um, I think it was part of a regeneration scheme for that part that also involved things like, you know, as you said, hockey as well um, and, you know, it was very welcome for Speedway. Sadly, it's much easier to close a track than it is to build a new one. I think in the last 10, 12 years, only Bellevue and Leicester have, have effectively reopened on 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 new tracks. Um, and sadly, the, uh, the the story of British Speedway in the 21st century has been tracks closing. You mentioned Roy House, uh, Arena Essex at Lakeside, Thurrock um, are, have, 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 have gone. Coventry Bees, one of the biggest names in British Speedway, um, are also, their supporters are fighting to try and get Brandon Stadium reopened. You know, some of the names that people grew up with, some of the big names that you may remember from the 70s um, are sadly no more. And that's
0: the interesting thing, because you, it, it, it does seem that successful clubs have gone under as well. I mean, Workington were one that were very successful, but still went under. So is that because of the circumstances of the tracks? Obviously, if they're rented, you can't monetize them. In any way. And, and one of the issues that's cropped up, of course, is there has been money in from Sky, there has been money in from BT in the past, but that's gone to pay the, pay the riders. So it has that old football problem that too much of the uh, incoming money goes on on athlete salaries.
1: To an extent, I would say, and it's interesting you pick, you, you pick a very good example in, in, in Workington because I, uh, Workington Comets, who again are now no more, had stood out for me as an example of sort of epitomising what's happened to British Speedway. Just very briefly, in, in 2018, Workington In the second level of British Speedway, the championship, within the space of seven days at the end of the season, they won the league title, they won the knockout cup, and they won, I think, the league trophy, effectively the league cup, if you you want to call it like that. Um, They had not won a major trophy at all, team trophy at all in their existence. Unfortunately, because it was at the end of the season, the weather wasn't great. Attendances were not what they might have been had the finals been held in good weather a few weeks earlier. Um, And one of the things about Speedway, which people who don't necessarily know the sport might not understand is um, Speedway riders are effectively your, your, your ultimate paid by performance. Yes, there may well be a small signing on bonus, or there may well be money for travelling to and from tracks, or money for tyres. But ultimately, you are paid for the number of points that you win for your team on a night's racing. So if you if, if, if you race five races, and you win all those five races, you will get 15 points, three points for winning, three times five, 15 points, and you will be paid per point for that, and that's that's a good evening. If you end up, I don't know, blowing an engine or crashing in your third uh, third race, your 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 wages at the end of the night will be low. The, the reason why I'm bringing this up in terms of Workington, Workington were phenomenally successful, more successful than they were expecting to be. They also went through a period where they didn't have any home meetings or very few home meetings, and therefore the revenues weren't coming in. Riders were not being paid. The promoters still have to pay the riders when they were racing away. They were winning big away. They were winning more than the promoters actually thought they were going to win by. They, were, they, they ended up being eff- effectively more successful than, than, than expected. Um, and what happened uh, at the end of that very successful season was uh, Laura Morgan, lovely lady, um, who'd put a lot of her own personal money into into Workington Speedway, went out to sponsors who are increasingly, incredibly important for keeping Speedway alive in this country. Um, she went out to sponsors looking for help to support the club through the following season and unfortunately the Speedway uh, uh, the, the sponsors in, in Cumbria uh, just weren't there and she made the decision not to run in 2019 with a view she thought to hopefully running in 2020. Um, even before Covid that wasn't going to be the case so at the moment Workington is one of those places where Speedway used to be used to take place but doesn't anymore
0: you can also say well if it's it's come out of london and it's trying to be successful in places like working which no disrespect is is a is a less affluent area of england so that's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy isn't it because there aren't going to be as many affluent potential sponsors of sports in Workington even if Workington town got into the premier league it would still be tough tougher for them to find sponsors because it's a less affluent part of the country itself so speedway because of its dislocation has ended up having to uh, fish in a more shallow pool for money it would seem
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, for as long as I've been um, sort of following Speedway, it's never really attracted the same kind of marquee brands that, say, Formula One has or cricket even. Um, I can remember during the 80s um you know the, the the types of car manufacturers who were sponsoring speedway clubs were sort of fso cars if you remember them from eastern europe lada um you know they were not getting mercedes because in a sense it's a working class demographic and it's an older demographic as well and i think that final point the fact it's an older demographic if you go to if you go to a speedway meeting again put covid to one side for 2020 but if you go to a speedway meeting there are lots of there are lots of old people uh, and there's some young kids, but you tend not to see sort of that many people in what I'd call sort of twenties, thirties. Um, and that is uh, in direct comparison to the one country where Speedway is absolutely thriving, uh, which is Poland.
0: Now I want to come to the upside to Speedway in a bit. There is, there is an upside and there is international uh, development, which I do want to talk about, I just want to t- t- get a little bit further in in the UK, <laughs> and unfortunately, it's not the most positive story in the world. But the the fact that the riders are self-employed, am I right in thinking that they move teams a lot more? Because I'm just thinking, I'm big on identity, meaning, and of course, this is a team sport. You know, I keep an eye on Rye House because they're Essex, right? Uh, Bellevue, were uh, Manchester. So if, if you've got riders moving from club to club, and if you've got teams moving stadium all the time, you haven't got that meaning and identity, and it's diluting the, the team sport, which is the very thing that gets you to turn up uh, to one club rather than another. It'd be like if you're in Manchester, you know, Aguero's going to play for United for half the season and then, then he's going to play for City for the other, oh, and they're going to be playing in, in Bolton for a bit and then in Bury for a bit. It, it's it's going to affect the way you feel about that club. Has that happened too?
1: It, it's one of the biggest criticisms of British Speedway supporters. Um, and it's it's almost like a conundrum. Um, there, there aren't enough Speedway tracks to, support, to, to give the riders who invest in engines, in vans, in tyres, in having their engines retuned, there aren't enough uh, tracks to give them enough meetings without them what's known as doubling up. So doubling up means that, you know, a rider might ride for um, Kingsland in the top league, the premiership, but they'll also ride for Glasgow uh, in the championship. Um, so you also have the situation where speedway is an entertainment and i think it's slightly it it often gets equated with with football in the sense of speedway was once uh, Britain's second best attended spectator sport certainly after the war um, and who knows into the into the 70s as well always difficult to sort of judge these things um, so it is sort of compared to football but in a sense Speedway is Speedway is an entertainment if I go along to a Speedway meeting uh, and I'm supporting a team the Edinburgh Monarchs or whoever Ryehouse Rockets Ideally, I want to see my team win. But the one thing I don't want to see is a series of processional races where my team finish first and second in every single heat. There are normally 15 heats in a meeting. That's not really that exciting. I want to see some good, close, competitive racing. I want to be entertained to get that you have to have competitive teams so as well as riders at the start of the season possibly riding for two or indeed as happened in the last full season we had three clubs there are three divisions in British Speedway and there was uh, one rider who rode for teams in each of the three divisions you also have the situation where riders get injured obviously it's a dangerous sport collarbones get broken wrists get broken legs get broken if that is one of your top riders you have to replace like for like so you might have the situation where um you know a top rider for Kings Lynn is riding for Kings Lynn on Friday night and then on Monday night he's filling in for Bellevue against Sheffield because you have to keep Bellevue competitive that drives Speedway supporters mad for for, for, particular for um the reason that you've just outlined I think as sports supporters, we enjoy associating with players, with competitors who are ours, who we can go along and they're, they're you know, they're, they're performing for us every week. There aren't enough tracks for Speedway riders, they would say, and I think there's a lot of uh, veracity to this. They would say if they're investing in all that money, there need to be enough meetings for them to make it pay. So therefore, why wouldn't they race for as many teams as they can?
0: Yeah, it's a problem that. Just just to go back to something you said at the start, that stat about Speedway being the second most popular spectator sport in England in the seventies. What year was that? Because I I, I see that talked about so much, and that's one of the reasons for this podcast to a certain extent, because because the discrepancy between then and now is so big. Uh, But what what year was that? What year was that?
1: Uh, I, I. I can't put my finger on that one, Richard. I would certainly, I would, I would be very confident in saying that it would be a, uh, the second most popular spectator sport uh, in the late 1940s. Um, I think the figures back that up. I think it's it, it's quite hard to put that. Uh, into context for the 70s yeah
0: yeah fair fair enough I've just seen it around so much I wanted to be absolutely sure I mean what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes as I will all the links to your book and the links to your social media I'll put in the show notes so people can see that the other thing the other just just a little piece of information I want to get clear is how have the clubs declined and the number of teams because it was like 37 38 in 76 and what are we down to now in the teens isn't it?
1: Um, well, we speak in the week where the uh, the current league champion, Swindon, uh, certainly from 2019, because there wasn't really a season, well, there was no league season last year in 2020 because of COVID. Uh, they have announced that they will not be running this year. Uh, a mixture of COVID and also improvements to Blunsden Stadium in Swindon. So it effectively means that there will be just six teams in the Premiership, the top league. Um, at the moment, I think we're talking about is it 11 or 12 teams in the championship um, and probably uh, five or six in the, in the third league. Although some of those are sort of like Bellevue will run a team in the premiership and they'll also run a, a sort of a third level national uh, league team as well. So we're probably talking about 22, 23 tracks.
0: Right. And it was... In the in the 70s, what were we talking then?
1: Um, in the 70s, you were probably talking um, 37, 38, I would imagine. It varies, it varies. And I think one thing that you know I, I, I sort of point out in the book is that um, people get carried away a bit with Speedway's golden age. I think in 1958, 59, it had gone through another low period where, where they were down to sort of 12 tracks. Um, there were not you know speedway had gone through a dip, it then picked up in the sixties, and you know I think there 's probably quite a few people in Speedway who are hoping that um it can pick up again uh, whether that will happen obviously remains to be seen
0: yeah i think that that 's just the point if you if you are lumping sort of snooker darts, rugby league county cricket together certainly snooker and dance have had their ups and downs since the seventies County cricket, you know, it, at least it's got T20 will be at the County championship. Isn't, isn't what it was, but you know, as a big County cricket fan, I'd argue there's green shoots there. Test cricket and T20 has retained the game's credibility. Rugby league, not quite so sure, but it has that vis- visibility still It is seen, still seen on the BBC and it's, it's, it, it's, it's still available. Now, the one thing I need to say is in the last few years, speedway has had a tv deal albeit on sky and then on bt um it i I watched it on occasion because it was in it frankly it was the summer and there wasn't a lot else to watch sometimes so i ended up watching speedway i'm not the biggest fan as i said but it was a visibility there and it had some element of interest uh for me so how how did that go how, how was that perceived that coverage because it was quite a big thing to get back have live events back on national tv albeit behind a paywall
1: yeah absolutely i mean you know um i think the general point of view in the speedway world was the sky contract was 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 well worth having uh i think it was 96 97 it started up um at the end of 2016, Sky decided not to take up the last two years, so BT Sport stepped in, um, and uh, they just uh, when their um, contract came to an end, Eurosport uh, were supposed to take over. Now you probably know better than I. I think if you talk about Eurosport, um, people probably think back 15 years ago when perhaps they weren't as big a player as they seem to be now, since they've been taken over by Discovery, as, under, as I uh, understand it, they've got the Tour de France, they've got the Olympics rights as well, they also are building quite a portfolio in, uh, in motorsport, um, and they have taken out a five-year deal for British Speedway, which I think is a really uh, impressive statement of intent, unfortunately the first year of that was supposed to be last year which was obviously wiped out by Covid. Um, I'm sure there are discussions taking place at the moment between Eurosport and the British Speedway Promoters Limited on what's going to happen in 2021. I mean who knows I think you know governments all around the world are, are, are struggling to to cope with that let alone sports authorities but I think the thing that Eurosports deal gave which perhaps BT Sports and Sky Sports hadn't was a weekly highlight show on one of the sort of the free-to-view channels which British Speedway promoters were certainly hoping would help to raise the profile of the sport. Um, It's been the mainstream media in a sense which has sort of parted company with Speedway. We had a situation last year where uh, Speedway was classified as an elite sport by the government, alike, along with the likes of uh, you know, professional football, rugby union, uh, first-class cricket, which was terrific on, on, on one level, because ultimately you know, the riders are paid professionally and it was classified as an elite sport. In the same week in July that that classification was given, uh, one of the top young British riders, Robert Lambert, won the European Individual Championship The only place I could find coverage of that was the Daily Star, which, bless it, uh, largely thanks to Peter Oakes, who's um, a well-regarded Speedway journalist um, who keeps the flag going. It was only the Daily Star that mentioned that. So you have an elite sport on the one hand, and yet we have a European champion that gets no coverage.
0: Yeah, I was subbing on The Telegraph around... The year two thousand and there was there was a speedway guy there, his name was Barry. I remember that so anything Speedway went to him. I ended up subbing Speedway copy on occasion um, can 't believe he's he 's still well i don 't think he 's still there now, but i don 't think the telegraph would have anything on Speedway with apart for, apart from the old, the odd sort of blob par you know with the dot and then a paragraph of Blah blah. Won the world championship. You know, the, the biggest story in Speedway that year would be a paragraph. I I would suggest in the in the Telegraph these days. Sorry
1: to come in, Richard, because I you know I suspect we're kind of possibly you know uh, realistically painting out some of the some of the things where Speedway is 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 lacking uh, in you know in the third decade of the twenty first century. I think it's important to point out that um, the one day where Speedway in Britain does get coverage. Um, is when Cardiff, the Principality Stadium, Millennium Stadium of old, hosts the, the British round of the Speedway Grand Prix. Speedway's a team sport, um, so you've got teams like Bellevue, Kingsland, etc. That's a sort of the bread and butter, but it does have individual events, the biggest of which is, is the Grand Prix, where you'll have 10, 12 Grand Prix's around, around Europe, Poland, Sweden, Denmark. Britain's is held in Cardiff, and for anyone who's not been, um, I wouldn't classify myself as a motorsport fanatic. Formula One, Superbikes have never really done it for me. I'm more sort of football, cricket, rugby, union, baseball. But Speedway, and particularly that day out in Cardiff, there's a terrific atmosphere in the city. There are fans from, Poland, Sweden, Denmark, the States, Australia, all mixing together in the, in, the, in, in the city streets beforehand. And the event itself, because even if it's raining, they'll put, the, they'll put the, the roof on. The specially designed track around the stadium and the atmosphere is terrific. It is one of the best sporting days out that you can have. Um, I've sort of talked about some of the things where Speedway lacking uh, it, it is lacking. If 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 we could somehow wave a magic wand, win the lottery, and get I don't know ten or twelve speedway stadiums with roofs over them, um, because weather as well is a big difficulty for uh, for for speedway. Uh, you know the number of times I've um, uh, driven off from London in search of speedway, got to the town, and then there has been a downpour and it's called off. And I'm I'm not sure a lot of people will put up with that sort of. Um, unreliability is it going to go ahead is it not sadly they can't afford the sort of the drainage systems that they have at lords
0: i was going to talk about the grand prix because that feeds into the eurosport deal as well because the grand prix obviously the biggest series but it is it, it goes round to scandinavia poland which we talked about before uh, czechia slovenia and the big one uh, in, in uk terms is in cardiff so what's that What's that Grand Prix series done for the sport overall? You said it's, um, you, you painted a great picture of, of what it's done for UK coverage and it's uh, allowed it to have this tentpole event, as it were. What, it's, what has it done generally for the sport? And, and let's start to move into how it's spread Europe-wide because that is a, a positive sign for Speedway, isn't it?
1: Um, I, think it I, I, I think it is the big, it is the big marquee event for, for Speedway. I mean you have we've talked about sort of low attendances you know 1,100 at Stoke. Um, there are normally 40,000 uh, in the Principality Stadium at Cardiff. Um, you go to Poland um, you know the the, uh, the stadia there are sold out. It's very hard to get tickets for Grand Prix events. Um, you have you know Monster Energy Drinks are a major sponsor. Um, there's Razmataz, It's the closest that Speedway gets to sort of the Formula One type of atmosphere and the whole kind of sense of excitement uh, of, of, of a really big event. Um, and you know, the the riders who who, who manage to get into the Grand Prix um, make decent money. You know, they don't make Lewis Hamilton type salaries, but they do make very decent. Uh, salaries normally from their Polish clubs because Poland as I'm sure we'll come on to can afford to pay a lot more but you know to be to to be a Grand Prix Speedway rider is 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 not a bad career.
0: So let's talk about Poland why why there and how is it developing and how has it developed to get to the current point?
1: in a sense, it's sort of been a slow burn in Poland. There has always been Speedway in Poland. There's always been Speedway uh, in, in in Eastern Europe, in you know the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Um, I think what's happened with Poland is, is 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 interesting because certainly, probably in the last twenty years, Poland were always reasonably successful uh, as an international uh, team. But the fact that they are now attracting the best riders. Uh, to their teams um, has made a real difference to the whole kind of balance of Speedway. Britain used to be, uh, certainly in the 70s, probably into the 80s, Britain used to be the place you had to ride if you wanted to be world champion. Now, it's, it's one or two Grand Prix riders who will be riding in, in Britain. Jason Doyle, the Australian who was world champion a couple of years ago, um, is is one of the few riders who remains... Um riding in the British Championships. Ty Woffenden is British, has won the world title three times, hasn't ridden in Britain for a number of years. He basically makes his living by riding in Poland um, and up until recently has also been riding in Sweden. The reason why Poland um, has become preeminent, um, there's probably a number of reasons. Um, one, I think Polish councils have been far more proactive in helping clubs Um, and it's interesting because in the same way that there's no Speedway in London there is no Speedway Club in Warsaw Polish Speedway clubs tend to be in slightly smaller places like Gorzow, like uh, Torun, and the councils will almost see Speedway as a sort of a badge of identity. So whether it's helping them to build Speedway stadia, some of the best Speedway stadia in the world are in Poland, whether it's helping them out through Covid with grants, um, there is far more local uh, municipal input into Speedway. Another important thing is the demographics of the people who go along and watch Speedway. Um, I was all set as part of the book. I was all set to go out for 10 days to Poland last summer. um, And unfortunately, that had to be put on hold because of because of Covid. Um, But People who've been tell me that it's a bit like sort of going to a football match. You will have away supporters, and they'll be in one part of the ground. There are far there's team colours. It's it's a much more football type, tribal to some extent type of support that you get in Poland. The other big difference, and we've sort of alluded to it earlier, Richard, is um, speedway in Poland has much more lucrative contracts. Than uh, in than in Britain, that was why last year Polish Speedway was able, probably alone amongst all Speedway leagues uh, in in the world, was able to complete a full uh, league season. Sometimes behind closed doors, sometimes with 25%, 50% capacity when when the COVID restrictions were were, were eased because they had a really good TV deal. I read in Speedway Star, which is the one remaining Speedway weekly publication a couple of weeks ago, that um, there is talk that... The uh, uh, Polish um, extra league authorities are talking about a 24 million pound three year deal for uh, TV coverage over the next three years. Now, that's clearly a very small figure when you put it against the premiership here for football in, in, in England, but it's way in excess of what any other Speedway league is, is, is getting for TV coverage.
0: So, as a way forward for UK sport, sorry, UK Speedway, to, in a way, accept its position <laughs> and tuck in behind the Polish Speedway, which is a growth area where there is money, and um, maybe not act as a feeder league, but we uh, might be acting as a feeder league already. But look to grow in its shadow, shall we say? Is that a reasonable strategy?
1: Um. Whether it's a strategy or whether it's going to be forced on British Speedway is, 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 is I think, possibly a storyline to watch out for over the next couple of years. Two, 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 two points I'd make on that, Richard. Um, Polish Speedway was far and away the, I hate to talk about winners or uh, losers in, in COVID because there's obviously a lot, a lot else going on, but um, Poland effectively kept Speedway Uh, going last year whether it was its own league or whether it was the Grand Prix series uh, Poland staged those meetings and managed to see them through to, to, to completion and Poland knows this as well to the extent that at the end of the season the Polish authorities have told the top riders that if they want to ride in the top Polish league next year with the far higher salaries they are only allowed to ride for one in in one other country that has created a problem for riders who were quite happily in the old world riding in poland and britain and sweden and denmark and that was in a sense where they were you know how they were making their living they were sort of jumping on uh you know budget airlines going from one country to the other riding one place on a sunday one place on a tuesday etc That is now coming to an end. Poland has basically put their foot down and said, you can only ride in one other league. So already we are seeing some riders who had been contracted to ride in Britain for the 2020 season, who were hoping to ride in 2021, basically saying, sorry, can't do it anymore. Nikki Pedersen who uh, was, is uh, I don't know if that's a name that kind of goes outside the Speedway world, but he was returning to British League Speedway after a number of years last year for Sheffield. Um, obviously, the season didn't happen. He now will not be coming back because of this Polish rule. You, you, you mentioned about uh, Poland becoming a feeder league. Um, again, I think one of the interesting things about British Speedway is that while the British League is... Going through an interesting period at the moment and trying to work out what it's going to look like post COVID and post these new Polish regulations. In a sense, the British international team setup is, poss- is is I would say better than it has been for some for some years. Both off the track, uh, you've got uh, Rob Painter and Vicky Blackwell who've done a terrific job of bringing in new sponsors, of professionalising the setup. Um, you also have, in a sense, you have Ty Woffinden and you have Robert Lambert. Ty Woffenden finished runner-up in the World Championships last year. He's won the World Championship three times. You've got Robert Lambert, who is a European champion. Behind that, you have, which we probably haven't had for 10 or so years, a group of young riders who are being developed who are going to the GB Academy and who I think perhaps most importantly are four or five of them signing up to ride in the Polish second division or the Polish first division which was something that British riders in the past have been reluctant to do uh, to the same extent. So in a sense while British club speedway I think is going through a, a, a period of realignment in a sense there are definitely green shoots uh, of recovery uh, of promise for the British international setup.
0: So, just the final couple of questions, and I'm looking for your solutions here, Roddy. If you're talking about green shoots, what would you do if you're in charge? And we do have that magic wand, you're in charge of British Speedway. What do you do to try and ensure or try and carve out a better future for UK Speedway? <sighs>
1: Ah, that is an interesting question, and I'm not sure I have immediate answers to that. I think somehow you have to appeal to a younger demographic, and it's not it's not just a question of putting up some social media channels. I think I, I think I think Speedway has been late to the digital world. I think it's catching up, but it's it needs to attract people who are younger than me. Um, one step I would. Um, try and encourage the the promoters to do and I think they may have seen the benefits of this themselves the Eurosport deal um, happened probably because they they, they sort of in a sense outsourced some of the negotiations to a a third party excuse me and I think that absolutely benefited them uh, during the negotiations with Eurosport I think the promoters who run British Speedway I spent a lot of time speaking to, to, to several of them last summer uh, and, you know, they were all extremely happy to give me their time in a difficult period. I think at heart, they, they, you know, they love the sport, they want to see it prosper, but they're not necessarily masters of all trades. And I think marketing the sport is something which, if the money was there, I would encourage them to outsource that to someone who can just blow the trumpet for speedway and 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 um, you know interest people in it because as I said for me I'm not a great motorsports fan in general but if you have a speedway race where you've got a, a track in good condition you've got four riders who are absolutely going for it it's exciting it's skillful and there's bravery. I, I wouldn't want to sit on a speedway bike and go at 65, 70 miles an hour around corners with, with, with no brakes. Um, there were some races last year, uh, Ty Wolfenden and Bartosz Smarslyk, who the Polish uh, rider who, who won the World Championship for the second time. Some of their races, Uh, during the Grand Prix were terrific entertainment. And we're talking about 60 seconds. Speedway should be made for the digital world. It should be made for Twitter retweets. Um, And somehow it's just not reaching a wider audience. It's not for everyone. Um, I've tried to interest my grown-up kids in coming along um, with varying degrees of of success. But I, I really do believe that there are it is one of the purest forms of sport, and you get to see it all. Unlike other motorsports, where you know, kind of, I don't know, Formula One cars go past you, and then you don't see them again for a minute or so. You see everything at speedway. You see the riders coming out. You see them at the at the at the tapes. You see the four laps. You get to know them. It has an awful lot to commend it, and one of the reasons why I wanted to do the book was was basically to sort of say beyond the speedway world, look this sport is still around and on its day it is one of the best sporting experiences you can have but I think it needs to be marketed better.
0: Last one, we came into this talking about a sport that may die effectively or be as close to dying as as sports ever get, they always exist at some level you you talked about it to a certain extent there but what would it mean personally to you because I've got very strong views about county cricket which is in a in a similar bracket, to a certain extent, I've got very strong views. But what does it mean to you, given that you've been a lifelong fan, you've seen this sport during some of its heyday, you've seen, you've observed its decline closely? What would it mean to you if this sport would effectively fade from the UK, fade out from the UK? Uh.
1: It would be very sad personally. Um, I think it will always survive certainly in the short to medium term in some form but whether it survives in the form that I have grown up with it going along to I remember first time I came down to London going along to see uh, Speedway at White City which is long gone. Um, It deserves a bigger stage it deserves to be better and there are sometimes Richard I I sometimes kind of wonder if if part of my attraction for Speedway is it's almost like you kind of I don't know you discover a band uh, you know on the way up (laughs) and no one really listens to their first album but you do and you think it's really great and then by the third album they've hit it big and you're not quite you know somehow you're not quite as attached to it I wonder if there's an element of that with me in Speedway but actually I think I've gone past that I would love to see Speedway prosper. Uh, again because as I said on its day it is a really really exciting spectacle and I think for me there are elements of what the riders do and I have the utmost respect for them uh, in the way that they go about it because you know there are some terrible instances over the years of, of riders who've you know ended up in wheelchairs or or been killed um, as a result of of, of injuries on a speedway track so there's real bravery uh involved in being a speedway rider. I would love to see it grow again. I'm not sure there is a quick fix. Um, But you know, as it as it heads towards its centenary, I'm sure there will be, there will be some British speedway. I don't think it's going to die entirely. But whether we'll get back to the days that we were talking about in the 70s and the 80s, um there's work to do. Roddy McDougall, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You can find Sports Content Strategy
0: on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to sportscontentstrategy.com for more information and to sign up to the newsletter. Richard is at Mr. Richard Clark on all social media. Read his blog at mrrichardclark.com.